0: Dante Greco. Dante is a really smart guy. Ladies love Dante. Look at that kind of Look at that face. Dante Greco. Dante was me, yours truly. I'm going to come. Welcome to the Dante Greco Show, live from the Metaverse. We're here. We're talking again about the Brian Toburger case, the Idaho Four. Uh, More news comes out every single day. First of all, tomorrow morning, there's a court appearance or there's at least a hearing. I'm not 100% sure if Brian's going to be there, but apparently it is just to uh, let me pull that up so you can see it. It's just to uh, it's a scheduling thing. This is what Idaho said. They said the uh, hearing is expected to be short and primarily focused on scheduling. This is not the point in a felony criminal case in Idaho when a plea is entered. So, you know, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Not going to be much action from that. I remember when I was at TMZ and I had to go cover court cases a lot. I would always get sent down for something like this. Hey, hey, Marissa, welcome. Thank you for joining. So let's just get right into it. Uh, first of all, contrary to what we heard right after he was caught, now the lawyer from the Gonsalves family is saying that no one knew Ryan Koberger. So we're, we're really continuing to search for a motive, a connection. How did he know them? How did he find them? Did he think he knew them? You know, where did he first see them? you know we can speculate we can speculate that you know he was driving around looking for a group like this and he just settled on this house or whatever but we still don't know uh shannon gray the Gonzalez family attorney said no one knew him kaylee had complained to her friends that she was being stalked um you know was it him still unclear Police have laid out some of their evidence against him. No motive for the killings has yet been suggested. My theory is still something having to do with wanting to test out what he had learned in uh, in class. Basically, that's what I'm going with for now until I see something to prove otherwise. Obviously, with a lot more disturbing, uh, you know, mental gymnastics going on in uh, in mind that would lead him to this point. So I don't, I don't want to get too far into it, but. No one knew this guy at all, Gray said in an interview with Business Insider. He visited the student's home on multiple occasions. Yeah, we gotta remember, he lived 10 minutes away. So, you know, he's driving around, he spots them. Maybe he goes into their restaurant, maybe he just, you know, sees them down the street. You just don't know. Maybe he's out at night. I don't know. Did he do we know? Did he ever drive for Uber or anything? Has anything any information like that come out? It appears from the affidavits from the house that he was in the area of the house on several occasions. That's all we know. Kaylee's family previously revealed her fears that she was being stalked, but no stalker has ever been identified. So Steve Gonsalves, Kaylee's father, said that he saw the link, but he didn't go into any detail. And now I also wonder, hey, did the cops say, look, Steve, we got this guy. Let's not even talk about any links. You know, let's put a clamp. There has been a gag order issued in the case. Maybe they're just walking it back. It wouldn't be the first time in this case that they have misdirected the public about what they do and do not know. So this could all be, you know, they're they're, they're circling the wagons, they're getting everyone ready to be like, look, we want to nail this guy, Koberger, in court. All that matters at this point, all that's ever mattered is that we put together a strong enough court case to convict him and send him to prison and send him to the, you know, the chair, if they still have the chair, let's send him to the chair. If he's convicted, if he's not, you know, hey, my bad. Um. So that's new, but not surprising. This was something I saw. I don't know if anyone else did. He actually spoke about the slain students during his extradition. Uh, this was in people.com. And this came from a police source. He made small talk with the officers while he was being extradited from his home in Pennsylvania. He seemed really nervous, a police source who was involved in the process tells people. Well, of course, I mean, he should be nervous, but anybody who has a SWAT team kicking their door and takes them out at 4 a.m. is going to be nervous. So he was narrating to himself everything that was happening. That's bizarre. So we're picturing Brian Koberger just sitting in the car like, and now I'm being arrested now I'm being taken into the car. They're putting the cuffs on me. It sounds like, you know, like a golf, uh, like a, someone narrating a golf game. He's being put into the back of the squad car and he's being taken to the county jail. Golf clap. Everybody, please be quiet. Uh, at one point, he was saying something to himself like, I'm fine. This is okay. There's no place I like home, Brian. It's going to be okay. Don't worry about it, Brian. Do I think he was self-soothing? Interesting. Well, what do you mean by self-soothing? You mean the way he was talking? Maybe he was like doing some breathing exercises and stuff. <sighs> Brian, uh, he was re—oh, yeah, like he was reassuring himself that this whole thing wasn't awful. You know, that could be it too. He may have convinced himself. This is what people think about O.J. Simpson. Yes, you say, uh, yeah, like talking to himself and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's scary. You know, Brian Koberger allegedly may be a brutal murderer, but he's not a hardened criminal. He doesn't have – I don't even think he has a record. So he is is, uh, talking himself down. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like he's been through this before. Like even he is going to freak out when the hammer comes down. And he may even have convinced himself that this was a hallucination. Like he didn't do this. You know, this is what some people think about O.J. Simpson, that he actually now at this point believes that he did not kill Ron and Nicole again, allegedly, uh, but not civilly. Civilly, we could say he did it. Uh, and it, it's just like, it, it kind of happens. You know, it's it's like a separation. It's like a trauma thing. Like it's so traumatic maybe even for the perpetrator that he has to be like, no, 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 I didn't no. No, I didn't do that. I didn't go into a, a apartment in Moscow, Idaho, and do this. Are you crazy? No, it's going to be okay, Brian. He was read as Miranda writes. He didn't speak directly to officers about the case, but the police source says that he did make an offhand comment about it. He did say, it's really sad what happened to them, but he didn't say anything more, the source says. He's smarter than that. He didn't bring up the, uh, the frat members who supposedly asked about how to kill someone and get away with it. If you believe that was him on the podcast. Okay. So speaking of him speaking, I saw this story. Kohlberger was eager to make friends. Neighbors say, and so chatty one sometimes dodged him. We all have seen that person in our lives. It's like, you can't just say hi, Brian and keep it pushing. Brian's got to stop you and have a whole talk and like, He never uh, I'm picturing a guy who like doesn't read body language. Like, you know, when you turn your feet to sort of indicate that you're about to go on your way. Um, He's probably sitting there like just continuing to talk and just staring at you. And uh, he won't let you out of the conversation. He could be one of those guys. I could see. Let's read this article for residents who aren't undergrads bouncing between. Okay, whatever. Let's just get to the meat. You know, this is my quibble. With a lot of articles these days like this isn't the newspaper where we sit down and we got nothing else to do sure i'll read a whole introductory paragraph nowadays everything's got to be quick unfortunately twitter smartphones the speed of the internet it warped our minds or at least mine and now i i just uh, especially when it's something like that especially when i'm doing a live show i need to get to the meat of the article all right dash Okay, so when Arun Dash, a 28-year-old engineering student at Washington State University, got a new downstairs neighbor in his complex, he understood why the stranger was eager to make friends. Oh, fuck. Maybe I should have read it. Okay. Living in the college town of Pullman, Washington, can feel isolating if you're not part of Greek life and you're not going to parties. All right, there we go. Uh, Dash said, Brian Koberger, who investigators have charged with killing four students at the nearby, went out of his way to introduce himself and try to make plans to hang out. He asked me what I was studying, where I am from. Dash, who moved to Pullman from India for his studies, said he would make just friendly small talk. When the manhunt dragged on for over a month, people around the U.S. wondered what kind of person was capable of carrying this out, seemed walking away undetected. Uh, interviews okay when law enforcement officials charge coberger the portrait of a loner a gruff student of the criminal mind who kept to himself began to form but interviews with dash his roommate and others who casually knew coberger paint a different picture one of a man who wasn't always introverted and could sometimes have an outgoing demeanor that left people feeling impressed or put off yeah see this surprises me based on what we um have heard about him so far. And just like every picture of him where he looks like this, I would not see a guy who's even relaxed enough to carry on a long conversation. Your neighbor, Deb (laughs) sounds like the type of person that would do this. Um, okay. Continuing on, what do we want? You want bigger? Let me make it a little bigger so you guys can read it too. In case you want to turn the sound off. Um, Popping in and out of Pullman coffee shops, dropping by local craft beer establishments. Oh, he might be an IPA guy. Interesting. And attempting to hang out with his neighbors. Koberger didn't stand out as unhinged, but rather as a sometimes chatty guy whose lengthy conversations might throw a wrench in his neighbor's days. Koberger lived beneath Dash and his roommate in a boxy unit at Steptoe Village Apartments. Uh, in the back of Koberger's building is a small children's playground. That's freaky. I mean, like, you know, we know he didn't go after children, but I mean, as far as we know, just the thought that Koberger could have been watching your kids on the playground. Holy shit. Dash's roommate said Koberger gave him his phone number and repeatedly suggested that they socialize. He talked to everybody. He was a very chatty person. Not charming, but outgoing. He would ask me to hang out. You know, prior to what we know about the murders, I would feel kind of bad for Koberger. I would be like, God, you know, this guy, he's probably just awkward. He's here alone. I would be the guy who's nice enough to be like, sure, Brian. Yay. You want to get a craft beer? Okay. Because, like, I would feel too bad turning him down if he, like, kept asking. Of course, I would try to avoid him at all costs. But. I know that I would get sucked into having a beer with Koberger. I just fucking know it. One day, the roommate suggested to Kohlberger that they work out together. He seemed like a very fit person, so I asked if he wanted to come to my gym with me. Okay, so that that tracks with what we heard from like FBI agents that it would have had to be a very fit person to pull this off. Kohlberger had to decline because he had a commitment. Later, Koberger asked the roommate to grab coffee this time. The roommate had a commitment. Koberger continued striking up conversations each time they passed each other. See, yeah. Can't just say, hey, Brian, what's up, brother? And then keep him moving. He's got to stop you and have a conversation. Koberger explained he was from Pennsylvania and liked living in eastern Washington, the neighbor said. By the way, some people on my Twitter were telling me that The guy in the podcast video from T-Rev's show has a Pennsylvania accent. Now, I've never been to Pennsylvania. I'm from L.A., so I don't know. Does anyone else here or anyone else at all know if the podcast guy has Dave, by the way, is his name, has a Pennsylvania accent? That's something to look into. Over time, though, the man started to avoid Kohlberger if he saw him coming, not because he didn't like him, but because their talks tended to drag on. He said that when he saw Kohlberger approach, he would quicken his step to appear in a hurry so it wouldn't look awkward to give Kohlberger a passing hello rather than fall into conversation. I know, that's the move. you got to pull your phone out quickly and be like, oh, Brian just called. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> See you later, Brian. I know if I start, he won't stop, he told Insider. Koberger's relationship with his downstairs neighbors, a couple with small children, was less friendly. Angela, he described him as an insomniac who kept them awake at night by pacing and intermittently running his garbage disposal, sometimes until 4 a.m. I've had a neighbor like that. Sounds like he was masking and you were listening when he called. Oh, cool. Okay, so he was trying to cover up that Pennsylvania accent. All I know about the Pennsylvania accent is uh, Philadelphia. They go, water, water right? Like, I'm drinking some, a bottle of water. Is that the same for the rest of the state? T-Rev was on Cuomo last night. Oh, yeah, I'm going to talk about that. I got the video of that. I'm going to play that in a little bit. Um, Yeah, so he was an insomniac who kept them awake at night. Yeah, we've all had that neighbor, too. I was living in an apartment a few years ago. It's like, they're dropping, I don't know if they're working out or what, but they were, like, throwing weights on the ground at all hours of the night. Running the garbage disposal till 4 a.m. Dude, just get a a trash bag. She considered having words with him, but decided not to in the hope that he would be equally gracious if her crying children ever kept him awake. Well, that's nice and fair. Uh, Cassia Julius, a bartender at The Land, the closest bar and restaurant to his apartment, told Insider she'd have to crane her neck back to make eye contact with Koberger who stands at six feet tall when she served him. That's a little dramatic. I'm six feet tall, and you don't have to crane your neck back to make eye contact with me. You know, This guy's not like a a, a giant freak. What are we talking about? But she said she remembered him simply because of his height and the last name on his credit card. He was normal, she said. Server at the brewery remembered him stopping in, but nothing standing out as particularly odd. Uh, several professors of criminology declined to speak with insider. I read somewhere that a lot of these people are being instructed by police not to speak to the media, which makes sense. Again, the whole point of this thing is to build a strong case and put him away if he's found guilty. Afterwards, we can talk to the media. Uh, Yeah, he stopped grading after the killings. He was not a great TA. So basically it's painting a picture of um, like a a guy who was just a normal guy, which is the scarier thing about this. You know, he wasn't just crazy. He wasn't the low. And, you know, he probably would have been caught quicker if he was just like the local oddball. He was a normal guy living above you, living below you, drinking with you at the bar. And going to school, and he was able to commit this allegedly. That's what's even scary about the whole story. A receptionist at uh, he wore a North Face jacket because he, he's trying to be like a tech guy. That's what all the Silicon Valley guys wear. They wear Patagonia and North Face, and they got the the vest. He kept his appointments at his Pullman. Okay, let me read this. Kohlberger was one of only a few students who kept appointments at a Pullman medical office after the crimes. The receptionist at the office who declined to give her name because discussing the interaction might violate medical privacy laws said Kohlberger acted so friendly that it prompted her boss to comment. She said, he's so nice and charming. She never says that about anybody, the receptionist told Insider. I was like, yeah, he really was. That's the other sick thing. Like, he got, oh, sorry, a backpack fell down. He got pumped up after this. Like, it was like a weight. I mean, again, all of this is allegedly. So, if you're Brian Koberger's lawyer and you're watching this, this is alleged. He got, he seemed to get pumped up after the murder it was like a weight had been lifted off of him he had done this thing that he had probably been fixating on for a long time and he felt a little more free and able to like you know bow he had some pep in his step and people noticed same thing that people in his class said that he spoke up a lot more and was happier afterward except he wouldn't speak about the killings basically there's nothing suspicious about this guy so uh, yeah, uh, the judge seals the search warrant for his apartment because it could result in premature end of investigation, which could create a threat to public safety. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Now, why don't we jump over to T-Rev? Let's, let's review T-Rev's appearance on Cuomo. I was commenting with T-Rev. I, wanna, I keep forgetting I got to reach out to him because I wanted to talk to him either here or on his show. Just to catch up on everything that's going on, but uh very interesting stuff. You know, what I want to talk about is like, dude, how scary is it that uh Brian Koberger was possibly a fan of yours and probably listened to your show. All right
1: until we interviewed someone who knew Brian Koberger in high school. She heard the clip and said that is definitely his voice. Now, is she a certified expert? No. But it made me take another look. Take a listen for yourself. One thing that every single one of them, I I, I feel like, has asked me is, if you were going to kill somebody, how would you get away with it? Now, again, it's him talking about the murders as removed from them. The host of that podcast initially was unsure as well whether it was Brian, now believes it was likely him. He goes by T Rev, so we'll call him that as well. And he joins us now. Thank you very much uh, for coming with your uh, splendid YOLO hat on. You only live once. Uh, good choice. Um, so.
0: <laughs> Cuomo is trying to be hip.
2: Oh, Brian Koberger, you believe he called into the podcast? Why? I mean, with friends reaching out and saying, or people like her that spoke out that said that it's, you know, that's him a hundred percent. I mean, without me hearing his voice, I'm like, you know, it's unconfirmed. But if you got friends that knew him and grew up with him saying it's confirmed, then I, I got to say, Hey, yeah, this, this is probably Brian Koberger. But, you know, I did send it into the FBI. I did that. I also went through 80,000 phone calls, found the number, sent it into the FBI as well. And they have that. And hopefully they get down to that information. Good.
1: Do you know that they are in receipt of it? Did they come back to you at all? I know they have it. I don't I've never got an email back yet. All right. Well, good. You did what you're supposed to do. Now, what struck you about the kinds of comments, uh, that this man
2: made, uh, to you on the podcast? Oh, man. Uh, how, why would 10 people come up and ask you how to get away with murder? I mean, make that make sense to me. Why would 10 human beings like ourselves come up and say, hey, how you know, how would I get away with murder? And that's just that's nobody's going to do that. And realistically in life, who is coming up to me or you or anybody that is around us right now and asking us, hey, how, do you know how to get away with murder?
0: Now, I will say. A commenter on one of my videos said, hey, it's possible that maybe some of these uh, Sigma or or some of these, some of these, uh, I don't even I don't want to name the frat, but uh, some of these frat guys were in the criminology program. And maybe that's why they asked him. I don't know how to figure that out. Uh, If frat guys were in the criminology program, 10 of them sounds like a lot. Uh, unless he was a TA. I still think, even if that's true, that the that 10 frat guys asked him that, it doesn't excuse, it doesn't mean that he didn't do this. You know, maybe he got the idea from having these discussions. I don't know. Maybe he thought, how would I kill someone and get away with it?
1: And no. he was saying that people kept coming up to him and saying that.
0: Okay, well, that's the end of the clip. Uh Good for T-Rev, by the way. That's huge. Even though Cuomo is on News Nation now, you know, it's not necessary. You know, they might have more viewers than CNN, for all I know. Uh, but good for T-Rev. Getting on there. Spreading the word. But I'm glad that he did, because the FBI could have easily taken his tip, taken the video, taken the phone number, and just been like, ah, oh, who cares, you know, like, uh, YouTube, true crime show. We'll, we'll get back to it. Never. But... If it's publicized like this, we have seen that the PD has responded to like media pressure a little bit to at least clarify when things are true or not true. So I hope that this gets us an answer on the uh, the podcast thing because it sounds a goddamn lot like. Brian Kohlberger, if you ask me. I made a video about it. A couple videos and comparisons, if you want to check them out, they're on my page. One of them is me discussing it, and people commenting that uh, I need to stop talking in the middle of the audio. And the other is just a short video where I put Kohlberger in court, then the podcast, then the TikTok, which I should probably cut that part, because people have said the TikTok guy is not Kohlberger. The TikTok guy has, comment, has uh, posted since the arrest, so I should Probably cut that now that I think about it. But anyways, you can check those out and make your own make your own uh, decision. Now, let's also discuss, since we're talking about people that knew Brian, a woman who went on a Tinder date. Talk about the worst match of all time. Swipe left. Uh, this woman went on a Tinder date with... Toburger. She talked about it on TikTok. Let's hear it. I have not had a chance to listen to this yet, so we're going to find out what she's talking about together.
1: We matched on Tinder. Um, we talked for a couple hours, and then he was like, hey, you want to go to the movies with me tonight? And I was like, sure.
0: I hope she tells us... I hope she tells us what movie. I think they... Is the post going to Play the rest of the video? All right. Okay. Let's just hear what she says and then I'll read the article because the, the way they've edited this is making it hard for me.
1: Messaging me on Tinder that he was gonna go and I was like, awesome, my plan worked. And then um, about an hour later, he texted me and said I had good birthing hips.
0: Good birthing hips. You know, I was he on one of those incel forums, good birthing hips breeder. This is all that language that you hear from like men's rights activists. Jennifer Coffin dapper, the FB ex FBI agent who thinks that he was posting on Reddit and Facebook. And also before he was caught said that the profile of the killer is probably an incel to me is uh, she's she's really like on top of this. She keeps getting proven right and righter. Rodney Sc- Scala. Oh, you said Akala. Yeah, Rodney Kala flashbacks the dating game. Oh, yeah, yeah, the serial killer who went on the dating game with the long hair, and he looked like the night stalker, Richard Ramirez, before Richard Ramirez. I remember that video. Baby making hips. Yeah, it's weird. Rich, I mean, what is he, Amish? What is that? okay let's read the article because i did not like that video very much that's with Koberger about seven years ago oh wow so seven years ago he was on that baby making hips trip birthing hips trip Uh, The woman behind the video, Haley, allegedly matched with Koberger on Tinder while she was a psychology student at Penn State Hazleton, she told The Post. He was studying psychology at another school nearby. My interactions with Brian were very brief. I don't know much about him, the woman said in her TikTok video posted on Monday. Matched on Tinder. We talked for a couple hours, and then he was like, hey, you want to go to the movies with me tonight? I was like, sure. So we went to the movies. Doesn't say what movie. I would be really curious to know what movie Brian Koberger picks to go see, especially for a date. While the pair only went out once, Haley told the Post, he like completely changed once we were in my dorm, so I'm glad I was able to get away. That is Dahmer vibes. If anyone watched the Dahmer show and he gets the guys up there, and then he's just like, wait, we have to watch uh, this TV show first. Wait, uh, you can't go yet. We have to watch this TV show. Watch this movie. I thought he was just going to drop me off, but that was not the case. He kind of invited himself inside. Once inside Haley's room, Kohlberger wanted to watch another movie on Netflix. And that's when things took a creepy turn. Okay, so he's invited himself to Netflix and Jill. He was very pushy when it came about, when it came to coming back in my dorm with me. But I didn't get like scary vibes or anything from that. I just thought he was a stage five clinger because he said he wanted to spend more time with me. He kept trying to touch me. Not like inappropriately, just trying to tickle me and like rub my shoulders and stuff. And I was like, Why are you touching me? She recalled in her video. Koberger apparently got super serious in response to her accusation and denied touching her. Wow. That was awkward. He said at that point, she excused herself to go use the shared dorm bathroom. Koberger allegedly followed her there. He didn't go in with me, but he like stood outside the door. I just thought that was weird. He does not pick up on social cues. Ask her, please. You know what I am. I'm going to reach out to her. Hopefully, she understands that this is uh, the Dante Greco show, America's favorite talk show. And she uh, gives us the answer. you don't stand outside the door someone excuses themselves to go to the bathroom whether they're trying to get away from you or not you don't go stand outside the door i mean my 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 dog does that because she loves me but you're not supposed to do that then this woman pretended to throw up because she wanted him to leave She's also socially awkward, she says. I didn't know how to ask him to leave. I mean, yeah, it is weird. Like, someone's there, and you don't want to be like, okay, Brian, just get out of here. You'd like to, but in the moment, it's tougher. Tolberger then allegedly messaged, ha- messaged Haley on Tinder to tell her he was leaving. Wow. But get this. She says, Brian was not even the creepiest or scariest Tinder date I've been on. Oh, God. I never went on any Tinder dates, luckily. I'm a guy. I I like to meet people in real life. Um, You know, no offense. If anybody uses them, that's fine. But it, it never worked for me. Yeah, okay. So scary people on Tinder. Brian Koberger. What are the odds you wind up on a date with Brian Koberger? Whoa. Uh, No, it's all good. Keep the comments coming. I love it. I love uh, an engaged, engaged viewers. You know, I appreciate you being here and taking the time to watch this. Okay. Uh, Oh, by the way. So I was out in the field today trying to make some news, you know, not just about this. But I happened to see, well, I was walking down Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills, and I heard a voice going, oh, my God. And I turned around, I realized it's Fran Drescher, the nanny. We all remember Fran Drescher from the nanny in the 90s. And so uh, I, I pulled my camera out and I went up for an interview and I was trying to talk to her about the Golden Globes, which were last night. I made a video about that, by the way. It's up right now on the Dante Greco Show YouTube page. A reaction video, an honest reaction video. You're know, you not gonna get any bullshit on this channel. I'm gonna give you my real honest opinions. So, I'm talking to her about that, and she's like, oh, you know, I'm the president of SAG-AFTRA. And I'm thinking, oh shit, you know, I was just reading, this is a story I wanna get to, about how publishers and production companies are lining up to try to get the rights to the Idaho murders story. And so I, um, I pivoted from trying to talk about the Golden Globes and what she is going to do as a president of SAG-AFTRA and just asked her briefly about the Idaho slayings. And here is what Fran Drescher told me today. Okay. They're talking about making a movie about the Idaho yeah. slayings. You know, publishers are gearing up. People want to make it.
1: Um, I can't. I can't. can't look at anything that scares me. Right. Don't even tell me about it.
0: Are you following the case? No. I'm no, sure you I had can. to have seen some I'm of this.
1: I like to keep things very joyful and simple. I wish everybody well, I pray for all the people that suffer. Yeah. But I personally have to imagination
0: I have to protect myself you know I'm a cancer kid. yeah exactly. too too soon congratulations by the way too soon to make a movie about it or to even consider it yeah I see yeah that's not only Fran Drescher that's the president of SAG-AFTRA who I thought would be good to get a comment on this I mean look we know people are going to line up for this story eventually you know, it's going to happen, whether it's now or five years or 10 years from now, this is going to make it to the big, the small screen, your Kindle, it's going to be on your phone, it's going to be on your Apple Watch, you know, you're going to be reading about this uh, in some sort of, some sort of uh, form. So she doesn't even want to follow the uh, the story. It's, it's, it's scary to her. And I understand it. it is very, very frightening stuff. Now, this was interesting. I saw a guy, let me pull it up before I just say vague generalizations, I saw a veteran defense attorney who laid out the case that Brian Koberger's team could make to defend Koberger. I just want to be clear, I'm not pro Koberger. You know, if he did it, then let's bring him down. If he didn't, then let's forget that this ever happened or that I said any of this. And I'll just delete these videos and try to avoid a lawsuit. All right. Brian Koberger's defense will seek to dismantle many parts of the probable cause affidavit police used to obtain his arrest warrant in the stabbing deaths of four University of Idaho students, according to a high profile defense attorney. Uh, The police laid out their case in a 19-page sworn statement, allegations including that they found DNA at the scene, spotted his car and phone circling the victim's home, and uncovered a blood-tinged Vans-type footprint in the suspected killer's path. He's a Vans guy, allegedly. But, okay, so get this. This is Laura Uretzian is uh, saying this in this case, what I've noticed is they've got evidence and they've tried to put together the pieces of the puzzle, but each and every one of the pieces of the puzzle seem to have issues and weaknesses and places where a defense attorney can poke holes. I don't like hearing that, but let's continue. You're at whose past clients include Scott Peterson and Michael Jackson. Well, we all know what happened to Scott Peterson. Matter of fact, he just had his, uh, he, he was trying to get a retrial and they said, no, you're staying in jail for life, all right? Just shut up and stay there. But let's listen to her. She said, reliance on cell site data could be a flaw if prosecutors do not have something more tangible linking the suspect to the crime scene. Okay, that's fair. You know, it's not uh, entirely accurate, the cell phone Stuff to me that's never be that's never enough because you could be 10 miles away, 15 miles away, even sometimes depending on the radius it covers, right? Of the, of the towers. Uh, as Fox News Digital has reported, Kohlberger's apartment is just 10 miles away from the six bedroom rental house on King Road, so that's a big issue because he could just say, I was at home, of course, I was. You picked me up on the radar, I was at my house. I was up at 4 a.m. running my uh, garbage disposal as usual, and then I cornered someone in the hallway and kept them in a conversation for 25 minutes. As Fox News Digital has reported, oh, yeah, he was studying for a Ph.D., blah, blah, blah. Uretzian pointed to page 15 of the affidavit, which notes that Koberger's phone pinged a cell tower in Moscow, but then says that police do not believe he actually entered the city on that date. So she says, so you're telling me, in an affidavit, that's that's not reliable? How could a judge rely on this information, Your Honor? Uh, however, she added, if prosecutors can prove Koberger's phone registered on the victim's Wi-Fi router, that would place him much closer to the scene. That's true. You're not getting on the Wi-Fi unless you're, like, right outside. So let's go, prosecutors. Get that wi-fi information even so she continued due to the short distance between his home and theirs proximity alone does not prove the allegations what if he had a friend in the area he was going to visit she asked there may have been a very innocent reason for why he may have been in the area i don't know you don't know for us that's not enough as for the vans type footprint found inside the house that is a common shoe she noted well that's true vans are common a lot of people have them they're not particularly expensive i do not have them by the way but i have in the past so you know she's making some good points i mean we gotta admit making some good points now also the the dna on the sheath uh, unless the information has changed uh, i believe was his father's dna so excluding whatever new evidence they've collected from his apartment that we don't know about yet i mean it is as good of a case as 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 it is um it's not rock solid just yet we can't clamp him down just yet have you heard the theories about only criminals use at and no but i would like to hear more about that i would have figured t-mobile just because t-mobile is usually cheaper right i've had both in my time so uh you know. when i was a criminal i had at&t no um oh shoot readers even flagged that body cam video shows a woman answering the door wearing oh, oh okay so they saying he had vans a van site footprint found found inside the house that's common shoe, and, and now they're talking about a uh, body cam video from an earlier call that police made to the house. Readers have flagged that that video shows a woman answering the door wearing what looks like Van sneakers. When police showed up, they certainly do look like Van sneakers. You can see them circled in red down there uh, at the King Road home six weeks before the murders, in response to a noise complaint. Pat Diaz, a private investigator and former Miami-Dade homicide detective, has also questioned the shoe reference. It could have been anybody coming out of that door, he told Fox News Digital, although the sneakers, like Koberger's white Hyundai Elantra, may not be the most practical for the hilly college town. I mean, look, you would think he's smart enough to toss his vans that he committed the murders with if he committed the murders. But then the question is, did he have other vans? Does he have, is that, is that his brand, you know? And if they find a pair of vans in the house, does that mean, well, and then, you know, they got to find the exact pair of vans. I would think for that to stick. So let's keep it moving. Uh, In addition to two surviving housemates, police have also acknowledged that other students arrived at the home before police once the murders were discovered, this kind of goes along with what people were saying that like the 911 call came in because one of the girls passed out and a friend of theirs called 911 who had a friend who had not been in the house yet called 911 and reported we have an unconscious person because one of the surviving roommates uh, hyperventilated or something like that and passed out. So we don't know. Uh, And I heard that people kind of gathered outside. They probably went inside. So, yeah, you know, they haven't released a 911 call yet, but it sounds a lot. And uh, Steve Gonsalves spoke about that as well. Uh, I forget the details, but I made a video about it. So you can check that where he kind of unofficially confirmed what we had heard were rumors about the 911 call. It's unclear whether police have recovered a matching shoe after searching his apartment. I mean, yeah, if they got the shoe, they got the guy. If the shoe don't fit, if the shoe do fit, you can't acquit. Authorities have not publicly described the size of the shoe, whatever, whatever, whatever. All right. So it does sound like they have some holes in the uh, affidavit, but let's, see what else they've discovered from the search of his apartment. Okay, right now, Lara Yuretsian is only talking about what we know from the affidavit. And yes, there are some holes in the case, but, you know, I'm convinced that they were not going to F this up. Especially, you remember the amount of pressure that the Moscow PD and the Chief Fry were under in the FBI. Everyone's calling them, like, inept, incompetent. They got nothing. They have no suspects. They're not doing their job. Turned out they had been on to the guy from like a couple weeks in, right? Because the security, the campus security guard at WSU uh, figured out, you know, Kohlberger had a white Hyundai Elantra. And so they were keeping an eye on him. Um, Yeah. So this is the big story. This is what I spoke with Fran Drescher about. That publishers, filmmakers, everyone wants to get their hands on this property. It could be the next in cold blood. Millions are on the table as book publishers and movie studios line up to recreate the gruesome story behind University of Idaho murders and the bizarre odd duck suspect. Publishers And producers are gearing up to bid at least $25 million to secure the rights. Could be the highest amount ever paid for such a story to film. The movie could be the biggest box office success in decades, one producer told Daily Mail. So here's what I think about this. You know, people are going to, I mean, it's, just, a, it's a fascinating case to follow. It's heartbreaking, and we gotta always remember it's about the victims and their families and what they want. So that being said, um, I don't have a problem with them making a movie about it. Oh, sorry, one second. Someone just walked in to the Dante Greco newsroom. I'm, al- I'm almost done. My uh, my partner from my Golden Globes, my girlfriend. I don't know if you wanted to be on camera. She was on my Golden Globes video uh, that I posted last night. We did a live reaction. So anyways, check that out, by the way, if you care about the Golden Globes. Uh, I don't have a problem with them making a movie about it. If the the families are going to be... A, if the family sign up, family sign off on it B, the families are well compensated and they're not going to fall victim to that creative Hollywood accounting, you know, because they should at least get something out of this. If it had to happen, you know, they, they, they they shouldn't, they they don't need to like, you know, give it to charity or something like, let let them, let let them upgrade their lives. You know, I don't have any problem with that at all if they want to make it uh true crime authors are eager to make splash could be a big book says charles spicer vice president and executive editor of saint martin's press case has riveted americans that's true but a determining factor for the success will be the writer's access to the main players his or her platform having a podcast etc don't worry i'm not gonna write it all right They offer me a role. I might take it, but I'm not going to write this. So the Idaho case has riveted people. Yeah. Uh, I I think, you know, it sounds kind of like unseemly to be talking about a movie and books and stuff this, this soon, but it's going to happen anyway. So I'm okay with that. Well, I think I think I have covered everything I wanted to talk about in the case today. As I said tomorrow, there is a hearing, but it's more of a scheduling thing. So if anything new comes out of that, I'll be back to cover it and uh, I'll make more videos about other things as well. And um, I bet his professor will want to write it. Yeah, probably, probably. Uh, the woman the, the, the serial killer woman who works with BTK. Uh, well, anyways, thank you all for joining the show again, uh, like, subscribe, share if you want, and I'll see you on the next episode probably tomorrow. Okay. Andy, we go. Have a good life. We will see you soon. Much love. Thank you. Love. All right, Daniel. So once again, thank you to my brother. Tell me your name again. Dante Greco.
1: Two words. Made in America. <laughs>
2: Dante, you're doing great.
0: That's good. That That's f- f- I never done it by the old friend. I think I, I love you. It, it's from... Uh, Listen, I want you to leave my good friend Ringo alone. yeah pow, pow.
1: I you're a horse in a
0: parade. Have a good day.